welcome to the Mission Driven You podcast. Today, I've got a great guest. Her name is Sunitha Sandeep. She's a coach who works with individuals and often high-powered individuals, helping them move beyond the simple analogies we've been given, things like mindset and the methodologies we've been given that often constrain us from deeper levels of growth. She's got a really great framework, the AWAKE framework, which we're going to unpack. And I really love, she talked about the idea of a fierce grace, and that idea came out of her experience of overcoming some physical trauma and finding hope and growth after that. So I'm super excited that you tuned in today and we'll get started right now. Well, Sunitha, welcome to the Mission Driven You podcast. Thanks for joining today. Thank you so much, Will, for having me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. It should be fun. And so I mentioned in the green room, there's one question we always start with, which is, Tell, tell the listeners a story of someone that made a difference for you in your journey and kind of explain how you got here today. Yeah. Wow. That's a long story. And I talk about this in my TEDx as well. Whatever happened to me became my teacher, became a catalyst, became my journey. I had a traumatic experience. I went into a medical surgery. And when I got up, uh, after a few days, they mentioned that there was an error in the surgery with a severe nerve damage and my left arm, I couldn't feel or sense it. There was no sensations, no movements. And till this time, Will, I was this, like, you know, we, we drive with this consciousness of by me, right? Like everything is by me. I kind of control my life and, and I come with a high achieving, high performing kind of a background academically, right. even at work. And so perfectionism and all of these. And then at this moment, it was like everything was ripped off from me. Like everything just wow. broke open. And, um, there is like this fear about the future, like what's going to happen, like anxiety, panic attacks. And I, and I, I, then I realized I always had anxiety before, but which, which I never wanted to accept. But then this moment just literally broke open whatever was hiding behind the doors and everything started coming in, but I had no training. I had, I didn't even know what was happening on one end of the spectrum. There was anxiety and on the other end, there was depression. So it's a constant mood swings that I was going through. And I think more than anything, more than the symptoms of anxiety and depression, there was a feeling of my identity that was being questioned. Who am I? Like, you know, that the whole life was driven by achievements, by successes. Who am I now, right? And when, I think when that part hits, and if you, if you really pay heed to that inner voice that is asking, it's a direction that I believe will take us in. And the, the story that I tell people is, in fact, that is the, that's the theme of my TEDx as well. It says how trauma can lead to positive change. So for me, trauma became that catalyst, that event became the door to what I call as awakening my true potential. So yeah. that's that's what brought me here today. <laughs> thank you for sharing that story. I love that. And, and thank you for being vulnerable and authentic. So thank you. That's that's a I, I love that story. Did you have to create a new identity for yourself? Is that I would have to let go of all my identities. 
all my virtues, all my labels. And I think this is what I realized on this whole journey is till I was in this empowered consciousness. I mean, I usually talk about the four stages of the, the consciousness that we go through as a victim or as an empowered or in the in the flow or finally being consciousness. In the empowered way of consciousness, right? It's all about identities. Like I can do this and I will do this and, and more attention and, and awareness on what you want to do. You can go and achieve things. At that point of time, it was very nice to have different identities, different perspectives, different like, you know, the, the, the mindset coaching that always happens, mindset one-on-one, right. yeah. one. like from this yeah. perspective, this perspective. At that point of time, it was good for me to have all identities. And it really, really helped me during the early days of my career to be where I was. Right. But I think what this story, this event brought me was... The stage beyond the identity, an identity that doesn't have any name, mm. virtue, or a label, yet can function extremely well in the reality of the here and now, in the reality of the presence. And I think that was the shift. And I think we all go through certain experiences. Some experiences are a very compassionate grace. And for me, it was a very fierce grace. I was forced to do this. And uh, it's, it's, the journey was more about surrendering all the identities that I had, letting uh, go of all the identities. It's not an easy one. Yeah. But I think it's, it's probably what was needed for me at the stage that I was in. Yeah. So it was more of a letting go of identities <laughs> than... Yeah. And any other identity coming in. Now, I know you've described yourself as somebody who had to overcome being a success addict. Yeah. And I'm somebody who knows about addiction. My my personal journey, my TEDx is about my overcoming addiction and my journey through through addiction. What what was that like to overcome success addiction? Because I think for so many of us, like, yeah, we we have these narratives, we have these stories, we have these things we think we're supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. How did you find the courage to overcome that addiction to at least a belief about success? Yeah, the way I think, again, it was a forced way for me. It was more about, okay, I achieved everything that I wanted to achieve, yet I'm not happy. Whatever I was told that I needed to do, good job and, and good everything and like a success on paper. And this is literally what every client of mine goes through. And I think it's it's a certain shift that we probably all go through at certain age or at certain stage in our career or stage in just our human evolution. The, the question begins to start like, okay, I did this and you really work hard and you do and you go, you chase and you get it done. And then when that happens, that moment you feel good because, because what happens is you kind of relax, you kind of release. And when you release, the natural you begins to start operating right. and then you feel good. You feel good. But then the only way I knew how to kind of let go was through success. When I would achieve, I could let go. Right. But then what was happening was it would get into this hamster wheel. So the next time I had to feel myself, I had to connect to myself was by getting a result. And the result had to be success. 
And it had to probably be bigger than the last one, right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Otherwise, <laughs> the, it's not satisfied, right? Otherwise, right. it's not satisfied. Yeah. So, and, and again, this becomes, and I think after some time, it just becomes exhausting. Yeah. And there's no fun. It just becomes like a chore. Success becomes a chore. And then we forget to enjoy the the, the smaller moments of our life, whether being with our kids or being with like, you know, just, just simple things like, like just just going on a stroll with my with my spouse or anything, you, you you feel like you're kind of disconnected from the reality, and you're somewhere here casing something, and and it's not just a mental thing too. It is it was more of a body contraction too because yeah. because we keep our mind and emotions in such a like you know we'll have to keep doing this right. and so on. The right. body has also learned it. So at some point, the body is scared to relax because it feels if it relaxes, something bad is going to happen. It just doesn't know. It doesn't feel safe. So then they all become so contracted and uh, it becomes more like, you know, I, I started going through. And of course, the, the, the trauma was also responsible, but I had a lot of uh, health issues like fibromyalgia, chronic pain, and I had severe insomnia that went on for a long time. And I had uh, panic attacks that would just go for for no reason, like anxiety right. for no reason. And then I think when when that happens, you kind of begin to question, okay, I did this, so so what? Like so right. what? So what next? Uh, is this how life is going to be from now on? And at the same time, the the other thing that I also observed was not only that the, there was a there was a success chasing that was happening. I was very comfortable in that mode, which meant that I wouldn't even do anything beyond that comfort level because anything right. beyond that comfort would mean I would not succeed. So there was a severe fear of failure as well. Yeah. So it not only made me just struggle in that, like, you know, imagine imagining if I was in like a well, a frog in a well, I was always there right. and continuously, and right. I was even afraid to go out of the well. So it started affecting because I was not expanding and, and something within us wants to expand, period. And when yeah. you kind of block it, it starts showing up in our body, in our emotions, in our in our thoughts and everywhere. So, so I think it was a suffering for me that led to question the way I was leading life. Yeah. And, and I, I, of course, like a lot of spiritual practices, I worked with a lot of Zen Buddhist and uh, Advaita teachers on one side. Yeah. And because I come from a trauma background. I also did uh, trauma healing, a lot of, um, I'm also a trauma support specialist and positive psychology practitioner on the other side. So both of them helped me to get away from this success addiction. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Now, did the fibromyalgia and the other physical effects that you began to feel, was that after the surgery or where did that fall in the in the timeline of the surgery? Definitely, yeah. It was definitely after the surgery, it probably just exacerbated now it just because going through some trauma sometimes it's like you can't hide anymore right <laughs> when things like that happens right. but i think when i started digging deep trauma was just a door for me to to look at things that are deeper held and when i started getting into a lot of self inquiry practices and then just seeing my own patterns like what the patterns that was lurking in there right, right. perfectionism number one thing like being trying to be in control, like if I wouldn't do, nobody else would do, or if I wouldn't do, the sky is going to fall. Right. Or or being like a people pleaser, always trying to say yes to everybody because I want to be that good girl. And like, you know, there was there was this inherent 
archetypal patterns, that's what I call them, that I think a lot of high achievers and high performers are kind of identify themselves with. Right. That probably was, was the, was the reason though. Yeah. But a lot of high achievers are not happy, (laughs) frankly. Like, why is that? Like what's happening there? How can you unpack that for us? Yeah. I think, I think 92% like um, there was this, uh, I forgot the name of the book. And the author, I think Van something, his name is, the last name, I'm not getting it. His first name is Van. He talks about that 92% of the high achievers are unhappy. Yeah. Why? Like, oh my God, why? (laughs) Right? Because we were told that if you do 10 things correctly, if you would go get these 10 things in the outer world, we'll be happy. That life doesn't work that way. And we, right. we begin to go do, like, as we said, like we, we would go for success and achieve success. We would, right. we would feel happy. And why they're not happy? Because the whole definition of what success and happiness is needs to change. Right. We hold on to it. And for me, success was what I decided when I was 17 or 18 years old. And at 40, that's not the uh, definition of success. Right. It's completely right. different. Right. In fact, success needs to change. Like the definition needs to change. Now, now I'm in a stage where I define success moment by moment. It's like, right. sure. it's like what I thought was good, like what, what I thought would make me happy yesterday is, is not going to. Like you see, it's, it's such a, um, a fluid one. And, uh, and, and then also, I think it's, it's holding on to this idea of success, right? Somehow we have been trained to be happy only when we succeed. Right. And failure is an emotion, is a sensation that we have always avoided. We right. just don't want to feel it. Like we just want to resist it. More and more practices that we go in to just feel what failure feels like. What's the experience of failure? Right. What do you feel when you fail? You see, and, and then you'll feel like, oh, it's just an experience. It's just a feeling. Oh my God, now you're not afraid of failure. Right. And that is the true happiness. That is the true fulfillment. But then we are only trying to feel happy through success and nothing. I don't think we can hold on to anything. I don't think we can grasp onto anything all the time. And grasping on is what causes suffering. Resistance is what causes suffering. And, and that's where it is. Part of the problem, because I know you work with a lot of executives and leaders, isn't part of the problem here that so much of what we bring in terms of self-development or self-improvement or personal growth, whatever we call it to our executives and our leaders, yeah. is just kind of the same repurposed stuff, right? It's We're not yeah. really offering new things. And particularly some of the things you're talking about are kind of scary. Like it, it Like it's scary to let yourself feel failure, isn't it? Do we need yeah. a new way of thinking about growth? Completely. I, I think, I definitely think it's time to move beyond self-development, self-growth, and especially for leaders. Executives, leaders have done a lot of self-development. Like, you know, and and the, the, the way I approach is this way, Will, when somebody is talking, I need to grow, I need to develop myself, I need to fix myself, I need to improve myself. The self that we are talking, which self are you talking about? Right. Because the, the, the self, the egoic self or the egoic identity that we call a self will always have, will, will be a never-ending journey of improvement and, and, and development. And there's always more things to do there. And we can get caught up in that wishier cycle as well. And then there is a deeper part to us that we are. 
there's a deeper part. And the self-development needs to shift to self-discovery. Yeah. And what we all are innate by default at the level of the consciousness, and of course, words become a little bit tough to describe here, but the expression, the first level of expression of consciousness is compassion, is empathy, is humanity, which we naturally can feel. And when you actually listen, and this is what I tell the executives and leaders, if you really want to excel, listen, listen to the other perspective, give your attention, give your awareness to them. Because a time comes in wherein we need to move beyond self, beyond ourself right. as leaders, because now it's, it's the whole team right. that needs to come with us. It's not just me, right? It's, it's beyond the, the concept of self. That's a big shift, which means to let go of your small self is not easy because it comes with its own set of fears, vulnerabilities, emotions that we have been hiding, traumas that are sitting in there. So the body is not going to let it. Even if we want to put our attention and listen deeply with mind, body, and soul to somebody, we can't because something is holding us. It feels unsafe. To let go. Yeah. So the work, number one work for leaders is, is an inside-out transformation, mm-hmm. is, is clearing things. It's removing those layers and layers of conditioning at the mental level, at the emotional level, at the body level, and if they're ready at the energetic level. Right. To remove them at that many layers. And then see what naturally comes out, because what naturally comes out is power, it's courage, it's, 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 it's empowerment. But that's beyond self trying to empower itself. It's a natural expression. And that yeah. kind of feels very connected with humans, yeah. with the world, with the reality. Yeah. And I think that's probably the shift. And I talk about this shift saying, we need to go from a masculine energy to a little bit more into the feminine energy, which is embracing, which is accepting, which is more in the flow, right? which is compassion and empathy. And that's the shift that is needed. Yeah. I want to ask, I want to, I want to double tap and drill down a little bit on the energy, the masculine and feminine energy, because I want to start. So some of the female leaders that I've worked with, one thing that has come up in coaching or or other kinds of executive work is yeah. there's almost a fear to, to live into the feminine for women leaders because they've bought into some cultural stories yes. or narratives that tell them yes. they're supposed to they're supposed to be like a man or you're supposed to be hard charging or <laughs> type A personality, yes. whatever that yes, is. Type A. Yes. Yeah. So how do you how do you work? Let's start with female leaders. And tell me and help me understand or help the audience understand, like, how do you work with female leaders and help them really embrace what is this great, you know, this this great inside way of thinking and way of coping from a feminine perspective? How do you help them embrace that? Yeah, yeah. Be- beautiful, beautiful question. So I teach a process called this AWAKE, A-W-A-K-E, which is a five transformation shift. It's an acronym for yeah. each of the five shifts. So it's a step-by-step approach that we have to go. And in the first layer, it's the awareness. A stands for awareness. 
it's a lot of ever awareness at the at the mental level at our archetypal patterns and why we are doing why what we are doing and and what is the fear is it like a fear that is motivating us is it the fear that's fueling us versus an inspiration that's fueling us because every trigger that happens to literally everybody women or men at, at the level is like oh, I don't want to feel worthless. Oh, I don't want to feel insignificant. Oh, I don't want to feel lonely. I don't want to feel unloved, unrecognized, right? So that literally is driving every action that we take. And I think just understanding that it's not the external triggers that cause this, it's the internal fear that causes it. That's yeah. the number one step, which is called, which which is what we go dive deep into and then and then understand those. So that's the awareness. Like it's a num- 101, like any any transformation 101. Right. And then the after, after you you have a little bit more self-awareness of, of how you're operating and you you'll stop blaming yourself and beating up yourself for the way you are. You kind of oh this is the reason. Oh, oh yeah, this is how I am right. and this is what it is. The second step is A-W-A-K-E is W with this within. And here is a lot of somatic practices. Because I come from a trauma uh, healing background, I do a lot of somatic practices. It's beyond mindset. It's beyond these certain belief structures that our body is holding on to. You really have to achieve to make your way up. You really have to be like really right. extremely masculine and, and be with that kind of an energy to make somebody else listen to you, no? right? So these are the just inherent belief structures that are sitting within us. And again, W is within. It is like, why? Why did this happen? What are yeah. the belief structures that you went through as a kid, as a young adult? Who did you look to? Like maybe, maybe you saw that there was some other leader that you're kind of uh, latching on to with respect right. to their, their level of working, their ways of working or their energetic. You're just holding on to that and seeing that's the way. That's not your real way. That's not, that's, that's not who you are. So, so again, W is going completely within and releasing those stuck energies at the somatic level with a lot of self-inquiry practices. And then there is also understanding, okay, now I know who I am. I have a little bit of an awareness of why I'm behaving the way. And then what are these condition patterns? What is the action that I need to take? Because action here is not the external action that we take, which is a very internal action. What does acceptance mean? Mind, body, and soul. What does compassion mean? Again, from the mind, body, and soul. How does it, what does surrender mean? Wherein you surrender to the moment, Yet taking action, because usually we think surrender is like kind of letting go and I, I don't want to yeah. do anything. But surrender yeah. comes with the, with the power inside of it. Behind it, there is a power. So so those kind of actions need to need to happen. And then finally, there is a K part of it, which is all about what is your authenticity? Mm-hmm. Who are you? Why do you want what you want? And when we start tapping into those levels. Our core values start coming into existence. And for women, we naturally are creative. We right. naturally listen. Like it, it's like a it's like a biologically we are made that way, anyways. More nurturing, 
that's who we are. Like when our kids get sick, they come to mommy for whatever reason. Like it's it's just the nurturing part, the 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 embracing part, the acceptance part. We are naturally that way. We are very tender. We can also be vulnerable. We share when women women talk. We share a lot of vulnerable stuff. We are okay to be vulnerable when the when the right safe place is given to us. So we are already naturally this way. So we we we'll have to start tapping into those potential that is already within. And then the final stage is now you know all of these things. How are you going to go back to the world as a conscious wife, as a conscious parent, as a conscious leader, as a conscious CEO, executive, manager, as a conscious individual contributor? It doesn't matter what you do for the community, right? So I think it's a transformational shift that they would have to go through. Uh, And it's, it's, it's very different from the 10 steps to success kind of a work, yeah. which is more on the masculine part of it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So often that we, we view the steps to success kind of the way we view a, a football player moving the ball down the line or, a, yeah. you know, so- or soccer player or whatever, you know, push forward, you know, use your muscle, use your might. Yeah. And the idea of surrender is entirely different. It's a very, just a very different paradigm. Yeah, it it is. Beautiful book by uh, Michael Singer. He talks all about the surrender. One is, of course, the untethered soul. And then the second one is the surrender uh, experiment. And I think who else to to emulate from? He was a CEO. He was was in the tech industry. He was a CEO. And then how he used surrender to navigate um, things and the kind of things that happened to him. And I think it's it's an amazing story to to read to to at least get a little bit inspired and not fear about surrender. Absolutely. Do you work with men? Because I find that for men, it's even more kind of scary. Like we got told this story, and because most men, at least especially the ones I work with, don't tend to be in these relationships where they can be vulnerable. Those of us that have the good fortune of being in long-term recovery from addiction issues. Yes. Like we recognize vulnerability and the, the power of it. But for a lot of men, there's this deep fear of vulnerability and this fear that we won't actually have the identity we're supposed to have if we show up and start thinking about surrender and, and awareness and looking within. Do you have any thoughts on how men can live into this this feminine, but also just into a into a deeper sense of 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 being. Yeah, I although I mean I officially I only work with women, but I also right. have worked with men in the past. And I think I worked with men who have had trauma, which means even more vulnerable, even more difficult for them to let go because their bodies are also holding them. And I think it's it's literally the for for men, what I have seen is a lot of it comes from the 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 going within part of it. More work. They kind of know who they are, they know, but then they kind of yeah. rub it off and then say, Yeah, I know, but 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 I don't want like I don't want to go there, right? I don't want to go into the deeper place. Right. And I think it's it's for them the the work that is extremely important is more about the within part, the conditioned. And then clearing it, and more so important is to give them the space wherein they can actually open up. And it's kind of like you know sometimes when I when I have women in a group, it works very well for women in a group when they want to go within and release. 
But for men, like, you know, they don't do well in a group yeah. setting at all. Uh, it's it's like for some, for, and I think it's the cultural conditioning also, right? Men are strong, like boys don't cry and, and you right. can't be emotional. It's, I think, just going through those levels of belief structures that they're holding on to and clearing that first and then making it kind of ripe for, for whatever shows up within and right. and I think it's 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 how much they can trust the space that they are yeah. in to to really go and maybe cry it out and 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 be emotional because men usually tend not to be emotional they kind of rub right. it away right rub yeah. it off so yeah. um, the within work is probably extremely more so important for men than women yeah yeah and men tend not to want to focus I know myself. I tend yeah. not to want to focus on the trauma that I've gone through. Yeah. Men, you know, like we're told culturally, brush it off, dude, get up, you know? Okay, yeah. so you got knocked down, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Let's get going. Actually, I want to broaden the question for both men yeah. and women. Why is trauma so important that we address in the coaching process and in the self-discovery process? Yeah, yeah. So, so trauma is something that doesn't show up until it's triggered. Mm. That's the problem with trauma. All other conditioning, right? You kind of know, oh, this is my pattern. This is my condition. And this is my belief structure. I know that. And I can go and I can observe that from awareness. We do this presence practices, be, be the presence and, and let it go and then experience right. those feelings and sensations. But trauma is, is kind of a hidden repressed because to be even aware of what's happening you need to look at what's happening. Like you need to be aware. You need to be conscious of what's sitting there. Trauma is hidden. Trauma is repressed. Yeah. It's not even suppressed. It's repressed. Anger, frustration, and all of these other negative emotions are suppressed. Meaning the more you, you keep on suppressed anger, someday it'll become like a pressure cooker and it'll burst off. Right. It'll at least release someday. Yeah. And that's not the right way to release, but at least you know that there is anger sitting within you. And then you'll be like, okay, I need to manage my anger or control my anger. Right. Problem with trauma, like as we just explored, it's repressed, it's hidden. And the only way the trauma comes out is through triggers. And now the trauma, the body is reacting to trauma. It's not your mind or it's not your emotions. It's your somatic level that is... Mm reacting to to triggers which now means for leaders if you take a trauma repressed leader and put him to lead what's going to come out of it for small triggers everything has to go according to the leader the fear of uncertainty is there and for leaders if you're extremely risk covers there's nowhere we're going to go as leaders we need to be comfortable with uncertainty and trauma doesn't like uncertainties. Trauma doesn't like being unsafe. Trauma doesn't like being unknown. So it's all the more important to go through those repressed emotions. And trauma is, is a very broad name. Trauma doesn't have to be something like a major event that has happened in our lives. Trauma can be an emotional neglect as a kid. Trauma can be just a mental abuse that, that you receive from your spouse could be some bully during your school, your high school. So, so there's no definite, because trauma is a very subjective experience. Right. You may experience the same thing and I may never experience that, right? So unless and until you really go into the, into the 
trauma-informed kind of coaching sessions and release that, you wouldn't even know why you're acting this way. Like, Sometimes women come and tell, like, I have no clue. I know I was not supposed to do that. I knew I had to do this, but I don't know what happened. Yeah. Like, and, and, and even in addiction, like, you, you, it's like, you yeah. know, you should not be, but then something within, because that was the coping mechanism. Right. Addiction was a coping mechanism. So, Absolutely. so because it's sitting at the level of body. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, it makes me, what you're saying um, brings up uh, Bessel van der Kolk's book, uh, The Body Keeps the yeah. Score. The Body is, Keeps the Score. Yeah, the <laughs> body is keeping track uh, to, to sort of go back to what we were talking about earlier. These physical things that we suffer, oftentimes yes. it's trauma trying to find a way out, trying to trying to make sense of itself in our lives. Yes, yes, totally. Yeah, and uh, and the more repression happens, the more contraction happens in the body chronic pain. And yeah. that is how it was for me, fibromyalgia, chronic pain, chronic fatigue. It was all like the body trying to cope up as much as it could. Right. And then it gave up. Right. <laughs> how could people, if if people are listening to this and maybe this is the first time they're they're thinking about trauma, or maybe they've they've, you know, they've heard trauma on other podcasts or they've heard trauma being talked about. How could you help people self-coach apart from working with you or me and a a coach, how can you help them self-coach so they can become aware of their trauma? A lot of inquiry-based practices. And I think if somebody like trauma is slightly different and, and usually I tell people to work with somebody at least for a few sessions because the body has to relax for trauma to to start. And if they don't have that privilege or, or if they, for whatever reason, they're not, they cannot find a coach or, or they, they don't have the financial uh, ability for that. The best way is to inquire into why they're behaving the way they're behaving. Like they can take an example of a trigger that happened. And then like somebody said something, that, that's a beautiful trigger that, that all literally happens every day for everybody. Right. And then, okay, what, what happens? Like, okay, if they triggered, so what? Right. And then, oh, they're not supposed to trigger. Why? What happens to you? What happens to me? Oh, I get irritated. Okay, so you get irritated. So you see, there is a recursive way of going within and within yeah. and within. And mm-hmm. that'll come up and then say, and then usually that's related to some event. And, and if you are kind of really being honest with us, being present when something shows up, it'll always come in the form of some memory that is attached, some words that is attached, a picture or the scene or the event where somebody was like talking to us or like, like there's always something attached to it because body is holding on to it. And as soon as you release it, they just come to the surface. And our work is just to be present and being vulnerable experience that because once you experience the game is over. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that you highlighted inquiry. It's really in some ways I find even in my own journey and my own experience, yeah. it's having the courage to ask myself questions, having the courage yeah. to be curious about myself. Yeah. Yeah. And being honest to whatever shows up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> courage now, and the honesty. One of the words that dominates the personal growth, personal development space is this whole idea of mindset. And I'm I'm a big fan of mindset. I like 
Carol Dweck's book, but I also think it can be kind of a prison that we get stuck in. Yes. Why do we need to move beyond mindset if we're really going to grow and allow ourselves to uh, allow ourselves to discover our best self? Why do we need yeah. to move beyond this idea of mindset? Yeah. So for me, mindset, what it means is a set of belief structures, set of what you believe in, right? Yeah. I believe like I'm pathetic or, or I am a failure and I can't. And it's good to give, you know, you can be successful. You are successful. I am worthful. Like, you know, usually when women come to me and that they have this fear of feeling worthless, and then it's like, oh, I tried being worthful. I tried these affirmations. I tried to believe. I did this mindset training that I am worthful. And what happens is now you there was some belief structure that you held on to was a lie that, that made you suffer. Now you're going all the way to the other side of the spectrum and you hold on to the other belief structure that says, I'm worthful, I'm worthful, which is kind of good lie. Like, like when, when we start seeing reality, it doesn't care whether you're worthless or worthful. Right. Right. It's inherently, it's, there's no word that we can use to describe what we are, yet it's, again, any word that I give is, is going to make no sense. But inherently, we are what we are. We are neither right. worthless nor worthful. Like you see, it's, but then it's very difficult for the mind to accept this. Right. We want we only want to feel positive, and then this this whole toxic positivity is extremely big right now because we only held on to all the positive aspects. Like I am this, I am always this, and everything happens right. for a reason. I everything will do this. It's good because we can let go of the negative thing to move on in life. But the problem is we hold on to it again, and now we start seeing everything with the lens of I'm always this. Everything happens for a reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then, then what if that's not the case? What if it's reality is just reality? Reality is neither positive. Reality is neither negative. Right. Right. And and I think that's where the mindset practices go. Like to take you from one level to another level to on the, on the other side of the spectrum, it may help you. But then at the, but then eventually, what happens is any kind of grasping is a suffering. You can't hold on to any perspective. Perspective is the perspective of reality because sometimes you need to set boundaries. Sometimes you need to let go of boundaries. Right. And what decides which which way to go is your internal intelligence, your innate intelligence. And right. innate intelligence operates when there's no belief structures. Yeah. It yeah. operates in the moment. Right. With reality. So I think for the next level of human evolution, mindset became like our, our foundation, which is great. It's probably time to let go of all the belief structures and then see what shows up without your thoughts, without beliefs, yeah, without identities. Yeah. And to go back to your awake model, isn't yeah. awareness and mindset, they're very highly correlated. They when are. When we start to go within and do some of that somatic work... Yes. It's no longer just how we think about it, right? Now we're going deeper and we're kind of, we're giving ourselves the ability and the permission to go deeper, often below the mindset, which can seem a little scary, but it's really where the where the healing and growth happens, right? Exactly. It's beyond the mindset at the, the somatic level and it's feeling them. 
what happens if you feel you're worthful of worthless for, for, for example sure. instead yeah. of saying that you're worthful what happens to you if you feel worthless what does worthless feel like to you right. emotionally uh, uh, somatically what's the visceral kinesthetic experience of what fearless uh, or right. worthlessness means what does fear right. mean right and because we can be comfortable in feeling worthless the fear of worthless is not going to be driving our lives yes and i think that's where the next level of human evolution is and i think a lot of people who have like you know hyper like, like not even high performance and i think a lot of people who have had this questioning that's starting within them what is it where is it what is this like you know the the meaning and and so on i think it's they're pretty ripe enough to to fall into this new evolution or the new stage which is more in the flow being one with reality a little bit of more spiritual but i think we'll take that <laughs> we'll take yeah, that because yeah. sometime I, i think going within is all about like you know going closer to our soul our consciousness i usually call it as consciousness yeah. so i think that's the that's the next level of growth for all of us yeah well i love that you brought up human evolution because i'm going to finish with us our time together with a really big question so you've laid out i love this awake model that you've laid out and what i want you to imagine is that the most important world leaders are listening to this podcast episode and yeah. they catch a vision for what you're for you're advocating and they begin to really take seriously this idea of moving simply me on simply mindset and really do this deep internal work and they encourage us culturally to do that i want you to think you know 10 20 30 years into the future how can you imagine the world could be changed better and more deeply evolved if if that were to happen wow oh my god i wouldn't i wouldn't even know how the world would look like to be very frank but but i'm hoping that at least there would be less of mental health illnesses and chronic illnesses anxiety depression and then we will we will probably look at anxiety and depression and all of these mental health as symptoms not as illnesses it just symptoms and the more and more we are free from all of these struggles internal struggles probably who knows what the what the creative potential is hiding in within within all of us i can't even imagine what what, what it's going to look like i mean <laughs> a life for me has completely changed completely changed uh, from where i used to be and and how i was thinking and how i was feeling and so on if more and more people are doing this i think there'll be less suffering within that's a beautiful place probably for all of us i love that vision i love that yeah. vision well tanitha sandeep this was has been an incredible time together if people are listening to this and they want to find you on the uh, somewhere on the web or in the world how do people reach out to you Yes my website has all the details www.sunitasandeep.com and I also have a free one hour masterclass wherein I take them through the awake process some people have had shifts just by going through that process and listening right. because it's all a, it's all insights and aha realizations that that do the quantum shift so and I also have an ebook there that talks a little bit about my own journey and and how I help people and I, again about this awake process And, and if somebody feels called to work with me if they feel connected with this kind of work they can they can reach me uh, reach out to me on that website and we'll get in which with them excellent thank you this was such a great time thank you thank you so much will and i'll really appreciate what you're doing 
getting these kind of difficult conversations out to the world so people feel that they're not alone and uh, we all can evolve. Thank you. Thank you.